0: Please be seated. I am so excited uh, to see what the Spirit of the Lord has speak to us this morning. How many of you are hungry for the Word of God? Yes? You've been famished this whole week to listen to the Word of God, isn't it? Right? Uh, The Word of God is powerful. So um, if you're ready, take a deep breath and just let the Holy Spirit do whatever He wants with you. Let Him have your way. I'm going to read from uh, the first sermons, uh, one of the first sermons of uh, Jesus Christ. And it's from Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. So I will read it for you. It says here in Matthew chapter six, twenty-five onwards, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, What you will put on is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Why? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I want to talk about do I even matter today from this scripture. So I was, uh, I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues uh, this week. And uh, as he was sharing his story, so he's also a pastor. He said that he was able to connect with one of his old friends. And as he was talking over the phone, his friend told him that he had just been hired by the second largest law firm in the world. Okay, he had been hired by the second largest law firm in the world. At that time, do you know what he was doing? He was making a photocopy for Sunday school. Okay? To teach a Sunday school. And that conversation hit him hard. It hit the core of his beliefs and foundation of the core of just himself of what am I doing here? Uh, Do I matter? Do the things that I do matter? You know, my friend has just been hired at the second largest law firm in the world, and here I am making a photocopy for Sunday school to teach on Sundays. See? Then you started questioning the value of your life, the value of your work. And he said he stood there and thought about it. Right? Have you ever thought about that? Even you may not have said it aloud, but have you questioned yourself? Do my life matter? Do I even matter? Do my work matter? For him, it's the sudden realization that dawned on him, not just then, but as days go by, that the investment that he put into the children's life cannot be measured. You cannot put a value into investing into the little one's life. He came to that point. How did he come to that point? It's by the help of the Holy Spirit. By the understanding of the Word of God, inspiration that is, and the calling that has been placed on Him. See? You can't put value sometimes when you invest in people's life. Because you don't know. You don't know. You'll never find out. You'll never find out. That doesn't mean your life doesn't have value. Your life has value. You see, because when we, are, when we ask this question, what is your value? What is my value? Jesus had to come back with this answer. See, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap. Nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? That was his reply to our question. Am I valuable? Because at that time, let's look in context at that time, right? The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the teacher of the law, the rulers of the synagogues, they have placed the value on how they dress. They have placed the value on the knowledge that they have acquired training as a rabbi or to be a Sanhedrin, to be a Pharisee, Sadducees. So, in the appearance, outward appearance of how they carry themselves, that value has been placed and Christ comes to change this value system. And it's not an easy thing to say, no, don't look at the appearance, don't look at the qualification, don't look at their outward piety and practices, but look at the value that I determine of who you are, that I created you in, in my image. Right? So he comes back to the value system that is very different because we will come to this, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness first. What is the kingdom? It is the identity that you are a citizen citizen of what? Of the kingdom of God. It establishes your citizenship In the kingdom of God. That's your identity. Righteousness is what? It's the character. It's the character. It's the way of life that you should live. So if you know your identity as a citizen of the kingdom of God, then you also have the character as a way of life, as the kingdom character, and go and live like that. That's the value system that God placed. Not on what I wear, not on what I eat, not on what I drink. Not on where I teach, not where I lead, not what I have. So if you place your value with the valuables that you own, then you're always going to question, do I matter? Do I even matter? Christ is taking you away from the the valuables that you associated your worthiness into the worthiness of God and Christ and the spirit of the living God and what he has called you to do, right? Okay, so our kids have values. These little ones have values. That's why we put effort into them. That's why we, we work hard to train them, to love them, and to show them the way. In fact, Christ said that the kingdom of God is like these little children, right? Right? Now, when you love a children, when you train a children, when you are with children, in fact, you are closest to the kingdom of God. Because they are simple, they are humbled, they are gentle, they are kind. The innocence, the purity, the higher purity. See? You can see the purity of God and the quality of God in these little ones. And God tied that to the kingdom of God. You become like one of those if you want to enter the kingdom of God. What is your value? You know, fear not, therefore you are more valued than many sparrows. You say, don't fear about your life because we fear about do I even matter? So God has to say that fear not. Fear not because you are valuable. Your life has value and it is worth living for. That's what Christ is saying. And remember, um, uh, while growing up in high school, you are looking at your friends, what they wear, what they drive, where do they live, what their parents are doing. And the name association comes with who their parents are, or the glory and the might. And sometimes you feel small because of what you don't own. See, for me, I don't, I grew up, uh, my mother, she was a single mother. My father died when I was very young. So you have this incompleteness and void in your heart, and you look at other parents, you look at other kids that have both the strength and the love and the compassion and support of both parents, and driving them forth and putting them in front of you because they have the backing. And I have to find my way around. I have to find my way around to get things done with my mother's support and prayer that sometimes you don't have the support of your father that the world needs. And I can fill the void that I don't measure up the incompleteness. And the trauma... Of my father dying so young in my life, it affected me that in high school, starting from middle school, I was just getting by by doing the bare minimum. I was just getting by by doing the bare minimum. If I just accomplish the bare minimum and I can get through it, that's all I was doing. I wasn't giving my best. I wasn't showing that spirit of excellence. I was just, I'm just going to get through it, and that's it. That is the lack of sometimes people in your life that when you need it most, because I was rebelling against my mom. And whatever she say, no, I know better than you, you know. So if I just pass, that's enough. I wasn't looking for A+. plus. I wasn't looking for A. I was just going to pass the class and just get on with life. It was only when I learned to walk with the Lord in my college days that I understood what it means to seek God first and His righteousness first. The difference is day and night. When I started walking with God, seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, which sounds very spiritual, but for me as a high school and a young college kid, this is very practical because at the end of the college, I was the third Topper in the university, see. From just getting but bare minimum, to be ranked third in the college, is seeking God and His kingdom. It's putting my life in order, and living practically according to the path that He has laid for me. It's loving, what loving to study, loving the process of learning learning the loving the process of education and then leaving the outcome and result to god that is seeking god that is seeking the kingdom and his righteousness so fear not do not do not place your value on valuable things that you own and gather and how does this play out in our lives how does this play out in our life in your life how are you exhibiting these things about the value to your kids. One of the things that I want my kids to know is that God is real. That He is interested in our lives. That He is interested in their life. And I have to show them really what, how it works. And we've been doing this, my wife and I, uh, for many years. Every little thing, we take it to the Lord and say, Hey kids, know this. We're going to take this to God and see how He work things out for us so this year is an important year for like Ray because he has to apply to college right? he has to apply to college and uh, um, I was telling Ray during the time that he was taking SAT my wife and I that you know give your best put your effort in and leave the outcome and result to God and even in his prayer, he say, God, you know my effort? Bless me according to your effort. Okay. But as he has, after he had given his SAD test, then I had a dream. You know, I had a dream. And in my dream, I saw the number, not complete number, but I saw the number of how, what his score was. So as as we were driving one day, I said to Ray, Ray, I had a dream. This was just between him and me. I didn't share it to anyone, but I just want to share this with you that I had a dream about your SAT score. Um, And I'm telling this to you. And the point that I, why I was telling to Ray was that I want to know that the God that I worship is legit. Right? That he works, that he speaks, that he acts. So the night before the SAT, we prayed again and asked, laid to God, and God said, you know, uh, let, him, let the outcome be yours. When the result came out, uh, the, the score was pretty, pretty close to what I said, right? Because I said, you know, I, co- I couldn't see the ending number, but this is what it is. And, but I was happy, and we we're, were happy. Now, the point is not about the SAT score. The point is that God is interested in his life, that he's speaking to his father, and I'm letting him know that God is active. See, so that he will not place his value on the SAT score, but he will place his value on the God that is active and actively interested in his life. Do you get the point? See, that is how the kingdom worked for me because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Right, that I seek after his righteousness because I want the character to be shaped after the kingdom of God, and I want the same thing for my my son, that he is not placing his value on the score of SAT, but on the value that God is going to control his life and have a great outcome if he faithfully serve him by seeking the kingdom first and his righteousness. Parents, we got to get this right. Right? This is important in Silicon Valley when many of the high school kids are committing suicide because of bad grades or not getting high SAT scores. What are we teaching our kids in this culture? The Indian result just came out a week ago. Many of the kids committed suicide because they didn't get the score that they want. I know the pressure because I studied in University of Delhi, right? And the colleges to get in there, University of Delhi, are like 98% of the score. You've got to get 98% or more. That's like A+. plus. Very competitive. And when you, get, when you don't get a good score, then they take their own life. It's because we have taught the value system that what you acquire, what you own, makes you valuable. It defines who you are. So my friends, the moment you let somebody define success for you, you have failed already. See, The moment you let somebody define what success means to you, it's fa- you fail already. But you got to allow God to define that for you because you are unique. He has created you unique and you're different from other people. Young people, know this. Do not place your value on what your friend says, what your score is, which college you go. Which college you go. What kind of work your parents are doing. You place your value system on the identity that you're a citizen of the kingdom of God and shaped by the character which is the righteousness. Behave like one from the kingdom of God. And and you say, Pastor, what does that mean? It means love one another, forgive one another, take care of the poor. You know these things. These are the character that has to be shaped in your heart, right? Wow. That's powerful. If we can live that. Let's take a deep breath, right? Fear not. Why? Because you're more valued than many sparrows. We don't teach this enough to our kids. You know, I'm an Asian father, so sometimes we hammer on grades all the time. All the time, right? And we don't tell them sometimes, you know, we love you as you are. God loves us just as we are. Sorry, uh, because... I took the name Asian because I was Asian. I don't mean to generalize, all right? If you have a complaint, please go to Buster Jonathan. (laughs) 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 So why you should not worry? Why you should not worry? Because worrying about your life adds little or no value to your life. That is Period. By worrying, it adds little value to your life, right? It doesn't add any value to your life. I want to share this, and it doesn't come across uh, in, in, uh, like negatively. So my wife and I, we have a friend, very good friend, very nice couple. They love the Lord. They love each other. And the husband is a planner, right? The husband plans for future. He's a planner. So one time they were going on a holiday, vacation, long trip. As they were on the journey, probably they started talking about the finances. What is it going to be like? and Do we have enough for future? Do we have saved enough for future? Uh, It so happened that the husband got a little panicky about the future. So they abandoned the trip in the middle of it and they came back home. Right, So I'm thinking, I'm looking at the wife because they're sitting with me and my wife. I'm looking, mm, how is this going to do to their marriage? <laughs> you know? But there is a good reason. The husband wants to leave every penny that he earns and make to his wife so his wife will not worry a bit at all when he's gone. That is his logic. See? It's not a bad intention. He is making sure that when he's gone, his wife will not worry for anything. That is the reason why he doesn't want to go on a long vacation and spend a lot of money that he could, this money could have gone to his wife. His wife wanted to go and spend some time with him and do some things together when they're together. Both of them are good, good point, right? The thing is they love each other. They still love each other. They're a great couple, so we can't give our standard and measure. What I'm bringing out is that sometimes when we let worry take over our lives, we do things that may look or sound irreasonable, illogical. Because our worry is based on what's going to come tomorrow. And so Christ has to say, do not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow's worry has plenty you got to worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Just live one day at a time, and which is hard for us to do. Because waiting on the Lord is very hard. Waiting on God is hard. Maybe it's just me. It's hard for me. Maybe it's not for you guys. But it is hard for me. I don't know, right? So, so this amazing thing happened to me. So on Wednesday night, I had this dream. So I was playing baseball, right? Um, and we have our softball started already, right? How many of you are in softball, right? Okay. So you know how important it is to be on the base and to run the base well when the ball is hit to you, right? So in my dream, I was on second base. I was on second base and ready, and the batter came, and uh, he, hit the, he hit the ball, and the ball went quickly to the first base. But me, without waiting, I ran to the third base. Okay, in my dream. And as I ran in the middle of, in between that zone, second and third base, I realized I wasn't going to make it to the third base. Because the ball, this guy, you know, he's going to throw it. So so I said, no, I better go back to second base. So I went to second base. Well, he threw to second base, and he caught the ball, and I was tagged out, right? I was so angry and so mad that I was arguing with the umpire. In my dream, like I am not out, this is not out. You know, I'm just saying all kinds of things, right? And I, I got up in the morning, Thursday morning, and we come to the prayer meeting. And be, as we were going to share the prayer meeting, one of the members said, Hey, Pastor, last week you thought about waiting on the Lord. And as I was thinking about that sermon, I put on the TV and the he was talking about this guy running from running from second base to third base. Um, That got my attention. Oh, wow. Now I'm sitting on the edge of my chair. And he said that um, when the batter hit the ball uh, to the first, he wasn't sure, first or second, and that guy threw the ball at the third baseman. So normally, sometimes we try to catch the ball and do like this, right? To, to, To be in a hurry. But the third baseman did not do that. He just waited at the base with the glove. Perfect timing. The ball hit the bat, fraction of second, and the guy s- slide into the bat, so he was out. And the, commander, the TV commentator said that if he had reached out to catch the ball, the, that guy would have been safe. Right? Because he wouldn't be able to tag it. It's a perfect timing. And then he said, You know, God always makes a perfect throw. See, God always makes a perfect throw. He is never late. Not a second, not an inch of a second. The problem with us is your pastor ran to the third base. He wasn't waiting. I was in a hurry. And then God's saying, wait. God's telling the to wait for your time. God's timing is perfect. Don't reach to the left or to the right. Don't be in a hurry. Don't worry. God will throw at you. And His timing is perfect. Amen? Oh, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Now go play softball with our softball life group, okay? Because you can experience God's perfect throw there. All right? All right. Now, so which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? My, your pastor would have been so tall (laughs) if that was true. (laughs) Right? But I'm getting shorter and shorter because I'm worrying too much, I guess. Right? (laughs) So you wanna be taller? Oh quit worrying, okay? (laughs) And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. How then shall we live? This is where we wanna come. I wanna keep some application here. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness on all and all these things shall be added unto you. So people that have propensity to care, to plan. It's good to care, but care first the kingdom of God. People who have propensity to plan, it's good to plan, but plan first to seek the kingdom of God. If you realize you're not in the kingdom of God, come at once, be in the kingdom of God. Seek at once. How do I seek, pastor? Seek with prayer. First thing. Seek with prayer so you can at once be in the kingdom of God. Why? Because when you're in the kingdom of God, you start to enjoy the privilege of the kingdom of God. See? Seek the kingdom means to enjoy the privilege of the kingdom of God. And when you start enjoying the, uh, the, the, the kingdom of God, what will happen? You'll start extending the kingdom of God. Right? And when you do that, what will happen? You'll start ex- experiencing the righteousness of God. See? And then? you will also be sharing and expanding the righteousness of God to other people. So, if you're seeking affirmation in your life, seek first the kingdom of God. If you're seeking for love in your life, seek first God. Love God first. And the idea and the dream of love that you want to have, if you love God first, it will come to you. God's kind of love. You got to seek first. You are seeking for marriage, seek first the kingdom of God, and it will come to you the woman, the man that you've been praying for. If you're looking for a healthy marriage, seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. Because when you are shaped in the character of the kingdom of God, you'll become a better husband and a wife. These are very practical things, it's not some. Spiritual principalities that you cannot wrap around it. It's very practical. It's the character and identity. When you know who you are and why you're here, then you will know what to do. How shall, how then shall I live? You live by seeking first. You want to seek knowledge? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You seek first the kingdom of God. So you'll be wise. That you'll grow in wisdom and stature and then find favor with God and men. Look at this. Look at this. I want to share this scripture with you. It says here, The Lord appeared to him from far away. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Even if you're not faithful to God, God remains faithful to you. Right? That is your value. He will stick to you here. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandment. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love. This is covenant loyalty. Okay, it means covenant loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Let your covenant loyalty to the kingdom of God, to God, and your faithfulness, which is the truth, do not forsake from them. What will happen if you keep your loyalty to God and your faithfulness to God? What will happen? Favor and good success. See? Favor and good success will come. That is the promise of God. How many of you need favor with your client, with your company, with your bosses? How many of you are looking for good success? Keep the covenant loyalty to God, to the truth, and remain faithful. Then it will come to you. These are the promises of God. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. There is no substitute for God's goodness and God's favor. But we got to wait for that perfect throw and that timing. You know? Do not let the devil take you out. Do not let the devil tell you you are of no value. Wait on the Lord so you can have a home, home run. You can run home and be home with God. Your life matters. Don't let anyone define what success is and what your value is. God has already defined that for you. We have a table for the Lord this morning. If you are heavy laden, whatever problems you are going through, if you are not finding rest, if your self-esteem is low, your worthiness is cautioned, you, have, you might have seemed to lost the path and the way. Come back as the worship team is getting ready to lead us. I'm going to ask those who are going to serve to come here. And this table is prepared for everyone, everyone that loves the Lord and follow the Lord. You know, I want to prepare in your heart how you will approach this table. Okay. And uh, approach it with joy and love and gratitude for what He has done for you. Approach it with the right mind, the right heart, Yes. please come all those who are going to serve